Today I'm going to speak to you on a very, very difficult uh, subject, especially in this generation. I preached my first sermon 63 years ago. When I was a teenager, I got to speak at several of the small churches in the Houston Golden, Gate, uh, Golden Acres, Deer Park area, and I can remember struggling to get a message together and then have, have a couple of times a three-day revival and uh, the fun that that was. And then went up to Baylor University and pastored a church in Greenvine, Texas, which is uh, just out of Brenham, and then off to seminary and up to Posey. I'm sure a lot of you take your vacation in Posey, just out of Sulphur Springs, and to drive over 100 miles every Sunday morning and spend the day there and come home after the midnight hour and just meditate a lot of, of the journey. That keeps you awake. You know, it's okay to talk to yourself. It's not good to answer yourself. That's when you need professional help. But in all of this time of being in ministry and being around church people and remembering the old-fashioned uh, uh, gospel hour on radio, remembering how revival came and swept through cities, remembering how the Rice Stadium was absolutely packed to standing room only, and see thousands of people come forward to give their heart to Jesus Christ. I've always in my mind, as the, as the clock ticks on, knowing that I'm responsible, having preached to so many people through the years, that one day, not only will they give an account to the Lord, but I will give an account to the Lord of the messages that I've preached, the things that I've said or not said. I live in a time now where it has been a major transition as to the subjects from the pulpits of the American church. The messages that are done, and all you have to do is flip through the dials and television, and you can listen carefully if you know anything at all about the Scripture, that Jesus came to seek and to save those which were lost, that Jesus came as a ransom for the salvation of whosoever will, that Jesus came and paid the price for sin, and we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Bible tells us there is a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. But again, as you listen, as you watch, and I even have to be cautioned in my own preaching that I keep the main thing the main thing. It is very important for every single one of us to know that the church and the body of Christ today is very loose in its convictions, in its doing what God told it to do. The message today is entitled, Can a Person Have a Saved Soul and a Lost Life? In other words, is it true that all you have to do is pray a prayer and then live any kind of life you want to? And because you have prayed the prayer, then everything is fine. You don't have to live the life even though the Scripture is filled with the commandments, not a lot more than ten, 
There's at least 49 that I have a list of, of commandments that we're to do. And when we read the Holy Scripture, the Bible tells us, not everyone, this is in Matthew chapter 7, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? In your name have cast out devils, and in your name done many wonderful works. And then shall I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 39, the Bible says, He that finds his life shall lose it, but he that loses his life for my sake will find it. So many people get involved in religious situations and they hear something like, if I just run and say a prayer, then I'm going to be fine. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm fine. I got it all covered. I've got an eternal life insurance policy because I said the prayer. But the question today is, can a person have a saved soul and a lost life? In other words, can we really expect God to adopt us as his children when we have never made the choice to do what he tells us to do? If he says don't do it, we don't do it. If he says do it, we do it. Or do we come along to where we live a life and says, but I said the prayer. I said the prayer. And the Lord says, don't call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I command. Why is it as I speak to you this morning, there's 100 plus in Sagemont Church that have attended our services in the past eight or nine months that have never been baptized. They've been called, cards written. No, no, I said the prayer. I went back to the Connection Center. I said the prayer. I went to the altar. I said the prayer. The Bible says repent and be baptized, every one of you. Not, you don't get baptized to get saved. You get baptized because you want everybody to know you are saved. But people do not come. No, I, all I wanted was to say the magic words. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Now let's go get drunk. Let's just go out and rob people of their money. Let's just get and play the games and win the money. And God's going to bless me now because I'm his kid. And every once in a while, I'm going to put a dollar in the offering plate. And God is just going to bless me so much. You see, to hear that kind of preaching and to turn again and listen and never hear the word repent, never hear the word hell, never hear the word unless you repent, you're going to perish. And say, but I've said the prayer. Just what the preacher told me to say, I said it. And now I know that I know that I'm bound for heaven. I want you to listen to me this morning. In our desire to magnify the fact that man's works contribute nothing to his salvation, but that it's only by grace through faith, we've tended to answer that I don't have to do anything. God's done it all. 
I want you to put all those scriptures that you like and you're holding to and put them in the context of where Jesus says, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. If you follow me, you're not going to do some of the things you're doing. If you follow me, you're not going some of the places you love to go. If you follow me, you're not going to talk like you talk so often. If you follow me as he is, the Bible says, so we're to be in this world. Who's he talking about? He's talking about those that are saved. Those that have received the gift of salvation. Make no mistake about it. It's not by our works that we are saved. It is our works, though, that reveal whether it was just one of those quickie moments, five minutes, instant salvation, do the thing, and then go on and live like the devil. And our churches today are filled with people that have damned God's name all week. Our churches today are filled with people that are cheating on their spouses. Our churches today are filled with people that drink and act crazy. But I said the prayer. I said the prayer. And those didn't even get baptized. So some go the next step. I said the prayer and I got baptized. So now I'm in. No. No, it's he that doeth the will of God that lets everyone know, including the Father, that you're doing what God wants you to do. If you've ever gone to a marriage ceremony, either your own or attended somebody else's, there was a commitment. There was a commitment. There was the rings that were exchanged, but then there was a vow. You and you only, until God in his wisdom shall separate us by death. There was a commitment made. Let me tell you, my dear friend, I don't care what your religious background is. I don't care what the name of the denomination is. It has nothing to do with salvation. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And salvation is so simple in the fact that we are born in sin. These teachers will not have to teach their students to be bad. They all came that way. When you have children, they all came bad. Yes, grandmother, the grandkids come bad. It's just like them. And I don't have any great, great ones, but they tell me it just continues on. <laughs> but you know what? The Scripture does not need to be debated on my subject today. Jesus came and said, you must be born again. When you are born again, dear friend, you don't think like you used to think. I've heard men tell me I had to get rid of half my vocabulary when I really got saved. I couldn't carry on a conversation without putting an expertise in front of the next word, you know, because that was just the way the boys did it. That's just the way you talk. But I said the prayer. I said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner, save me. And you know, that's about the way you say it. And there's no intent to change your life. There's no intent to walk away from sin. There's no intent to abstain from all appearance of evil. And our scriptures today, as we talk about a saved soul, will point us to the fact that a saved person has a changed life through their new birth. And they always always are aware that whatever they do and wherever they go and whatever they're thinking and whatever they're watching 
that God is there with them. First of all, I want to tell you again and make it very clear. You're not saved by just crying out to God, save me. That's not what the scripture says. That's a verse that gets you in the right direction because you got the attention of the right person. You know what needs to be done. But there has to be the connection. The blood of Jesus cleanses from all sin. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission for sin. It's the way of the cross that leads home. It's not the way of the vernacular. It is coming to that moment in your life when you realize there is a warning. Listen to Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Is that clear? Is that something we can really get in the privacy of our own home or driving down the road and say, you know, I'm just going to sing that song. What a wonderful change in my life was wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Or can you not sing that because nothing happened? Absolutely nothing other than you thought you signed up for a life insurance policy. That's not what the Connection Center is for. You don't go in there just to sign a piece of paper or even that one that's right in front of you and say, I'm checked this, I want to be saved. No, except you repent, you will perish. Unless you're willing to let go of your life and let God have your life, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Salvation, listen to me, begins when you and I die to ourself. As long as you have certain things you just always love to do, I have so much fun doing it, I just enjoy it, God says abstain from it, turn from it, repent of it, but you just keep on. You just keep on. And yet you hold to that, but I said the prayer. I ask God to save me. If you ask God to save you with a right heart, you repented, which means you were ready to repent and start living a different life. There's now things you can't do and won't do. There are now things you won't watch and you don't watch. There are places that you don't go to any longer. Why? And oh, by the way, there's some folks that you quit fellowshipping with. You have to come to that moment, to take up the cross and follow me. Everything in this Bible starts with one word in, in the way of salvation, except you repent. About face, you'll perish. That is not where you go. That matters not what you believe about the Bible. It has to do with you changing your life and letting Jesus take over. And the younger you can do it, the better it is. Thank God I was raised in a church. I can't imagine what I'd have been. I mean, some of the deacons thought I was bad enough as what it was. But still, their kids were worse than mine. <laughs> or my dad's and mom's. Now, distinction needs to be made here, I think, between conversion and regeneration. So let me put a little side note in Conversion is turning from something to something. 
Regeneration is a continuing process. I'm going this way, I about face. But I don't just stand here. Every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. I start a new walk. I take a new road. I take a new route. I'm seeing things I didn't see in the old route. I'm experiencing things I never experienced in the old route. I've got a vocabulary I never used when I was walking down the wrong road. That is regeneration. Continuing, continuing to walk the way God wants you to walk. Salvation does have a beginning. That's when we come to that moment, confess our sins, acknowledge them, and we ask the Lord, now come into my heart. That's where it begins. But we turn, if we're going this way and we're going to pray the sinner's prayer, we have to repent. We turn around, now Lord, you take over my life. I'll do anything to please you. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, that's all I ask, is to be like him. Yes, it has a beginning. Yes, you must be born again. But there is a continuing walk with God for as long as you live. Let me give you some scripture on that. Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of your own. It is a gift of God. That's what salvation is. Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. He knew we meant business. Throw me the lifeline. I grab the lifeline. I want to be lifted from the sinking sand. I am drowning in sin. I want to turn and go with you, God. And the Lord reaches down and picks us up. Now, we have a chance. We have, we have an opportunity, even after we pray the prayer, to either say, okay, God, I prayed the prayer. Now, leave me alone. Or we can say, I prayed the prayer. Now, Lord, what would you have me do? I had my life planned to go this way. Everything. I knew where I was going to go to college, what I was going to major in. I knew what my career was going to do. I knew who I was going to marry. But now, I've repented. Now what? Of course, the Lord says, follow me. No wonder we sing that song so much. My favorite, wherever he leads, I'll go. Wherever he leads, I'll go. He knows the way. He is the way. He doesn't get you on the wrong road. You don't have to get Siri on the phone. You know, Jesus says, you follow me and I will lead you in the path of righteousness for my name's sake. And you should fear no evil. When you walk through the valley, I'll be there. When you come against that which you feel like I can't do it, the Lord says, do you remember that scripture? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. 
You don't even have to get a prescription on that. You don't have to go down to the pharmacy and get a bottle of it, nor the liquor store to get a bottle of it. You just follow him. You just follow him. But if I do, I'm going to have to give up all this stuff. No one has left houses and land for my sake and the gospel's sake that I will not return to them a thousandfold in this life as well as in the life to come. And we wonder, why am I so down in the dumps all the time? Why don't I want to serve? When I hear an announcement like was made here earlier today to go out here and volunteer, as busy as I am, you think I'm going to donate my time to help people I don't know? Jesus gave his life to die for people that he didn't know until they were born again. Then he knew because he lived in their life. He knew about all they were going through, but he did not know them as Lord and Savior. So you can say, save me or leave me alone. I want to encourage you, if the only thing you ever intend to do is sign a card and then schedule a baptism and get baptized and think, that's it, I got it wrapped up, we need to talk. We need to open the Bible together. That may look good, that may sound good, but those are the first steps to the future. You don't ignore that, but it don't stop there. You know... I've prayed the prayer. I got baptized. Do I go to a Bible study class? Are you kidding me? You think I'm going to go up to church and spend two hours? Lord, I can't, I can't stay awake through the first hour. I mean, I'm headed to the Whataburger somewhere. Why don't you go over to Chick-fil-A? <laughs> They're closed today, and you may just have a heavy heat stroke out there, all right? But see, that's the way we are, folks. That's just the way we're born. My name's Jimmy. What you going to give me? You know, man, I, I went to church. I'm here. And let's see. Sign card, get baptized, and live like the devil. Every time you hit a bad golf ball, blame it on God. Damn his name. Anytime you want to have a good time, get the wives out of town, get the boys, and go have a good time. Because you saved. You prayed the prayer. You got baptized. Wrong. Unless... You repent, you'll perish. And repent means about face. You don't continue down the same road. You turn around and you start the road that leads to heaven. Listen to 1 Corinthians 1.18. Some of you are right here right now thinking this. For the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that perish. But unto us which are saved, it's the power of God. Yes. See, people get up and leave churches if they get on. That's the reason these so many of our contemporary preachers never talk the word repent, never talk about hell. Why? Because the people go somewhere else to church. Leave that alone. Let God determine their path. But Jesus said, if I get lifted up, I'm going to draw people to me. And when those come to me wanting a new life, I will not leave them. I will not forsake them. I will not turn them away. For whosoever will can come and drink of the water of life freely. Read the last book in the Bible and the last few verses and you'll see. Whosoever will can come. But you don't come 
saying, well, I'll do this, I'll do that. Let's see, how many sins do I have? Blah, 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 blah. Okay, I'll tell you what. First year, I'm going to give up 10%. It don't work that way. It doesn't work that way. You got to repent. In Acts 2, 47, it says, And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In the morning, at 11 o'clock, a small group of us will gather over here in the West Wing. We'll be praying for the people that fill out cards today. Any of you fill out cards anywhere, we're going to be praying for you. There's another group called our crop, the church reaching out to people. They're going to be praying for you if you fill out one of those cards. If you fill out one of those cards or you go back to Connection Center today and you fill them out, all that card is, we don't send that to heaven in the morning by Federal Express, but we take it to the Lord. And we join with you in praising the Lord from whom all blessings flow. We join with you in making sure that the word has reached heaven, that you have confessed your sin and repented and are now ready to grow in your new found faith. Oftentimes, when you become a believer, you'll ask yourself this question when you get, don't know what to do. What would Jesus do? What would he do? If he had this temptation, this thing I'm in, what would he do? 1 Peter 1.5 says, We who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Romans 13 and 11. Now our salvation is nearer than when we be first believed. Philippians 2.12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. By that, acknowledge your sin. Woo, that scared me to death. I'd forgot to do that too. I didn't know I had that many sins. I thought I only had nine. Now I'm up to 12 on my list. I better stop and do something else. No, no. What you do is you, you, you just... Lay it out there clear to the point and let God take over. That's what you do. And then God takes it from there. What it means to be saved means you have stopped. You're ready to be lifted out of the sinking sand and put on the solid rock. But then you take that moment as the first step to the rest of your life. And then every decision you make, where you'll go to college if you're young, what will you take, what job are you going to take, who are you going to date, who are you going to marry, what are you going to do on that date, what are you going to take into your body? I mean, you can go on and on and on. And if you really mean that you want Jesus to take your life from this day, just obey him. Wherever he leads, that's where we must Go. What's meant by a lost life? Well, if it means conversion on your deathbed, I'm going to say the answer is yes. That's all you can do. I've been at several of those. In the last moments of the last few breaths, there was no life to live here. Absent from the body, but present with the Lord. If your lost life means that the basic pattern in your life is a walk with Jesus, but due to neglect, original sin, 
You don't fulfill the maximum potential of your life, but you don't lose your salvation if you're trying to do what God wants you to do. It's not by works of righteousness, which we've done, but by his stripes we're healed. But there is that desire, and God knows what you want, and he knows why you want it. So if you do that right, the answer would be yes. However, if a lost life means that even though a person has made a, and here's the word that we use, a decision for Christ, the pattern of his life, though, is not in Christ, then there's no evidence that the prayer was genuine. And therefore, there's never been a salvation to start with. You see, we think up here, our heart gets us to move, but God knows. Are you trying to manipulate me? Are you trying to get something back you've lost? Are you trying to do something to get you out of a bind? We hear the word jailhouse conversions. I've seen a lot of people in the penitentiary get saved, really, really, really saved, become chaplains in the seminaries and all. And I've seen others that didn't change one iota. But the point is that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission from sin. If you haven't come to the cross, you haven't asked Jesus in your life, if you have not turned and started with all this in you to follow him, but now, after 30 years, you can come to church and live like the devil, and it doesn't bother you one iota. And you can be a part of the church criticism committee. I've gotten so many letters through the years, and I'll caution you, if you write me a letter, I'm going to check up on you. And a lot of them I have not kept. But you know what? When you get things right with Jesus, every day with Jesus is what? Sweeter than the day before. Every day, every day, every day, every day. The very phrasing of the question sometimes is confusing. But today, I want every one of us to think, when was that moment when you became convicted of your sin? And you really wanted to change. And then when you made a move and maybe you went to our connection center, maybe you went and talked to a pastor or counselor, and it led to a prayer. After you prayed that prayer and invited Jesus into your life, did you follow him? When, if you prayed the prayer and he came in life, he brings conviction. So have you followed him? Or have you just gone back to the old way like so many did in the Bible? Philippians 1.20 says, Christ will be magnified in our bodies. Our voice box, our eyes, our ears, our hands, our feet, our very life. Does yours belong to the Lord? Do you decide what happens with anything that comes your way in the blessing of health, money, time, education, new job? Or is it all about you? Jesus said, 
This is my body at, at communion. He said, this is my body, which is given for you. The bread. Our bodies are to be given back to him. To be used in accordance with his will. But it is utterly ridiculous to say that a person can have a saved soul and a lost life implying that the soul or the essential self may be saved while his life expresses clearly to everybody that you're lost. It's not the words, it's the life. Jesus spoke the truth, then he died on the cross and rose from the grave. When you're saved, you speak, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Come into my life. But then your life is led by the wonderful, life-changing, saving power of a resurrected Savior. No, diff- no exceptions. There's only one. There's no other name, this book says, given among men whereby we must be saved. When we start doing things in the flesh that we know are contradictory to the teaching of this book, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Nobody, listen, nobody can claim to be saved and continue the same life you've lived until right now. You can't be. You can't be born again and not change. So you need to pray, think, Lord, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? Help me to get things right. For those hundred of you that have never been baptized, I encourage you to go to the Scripture, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, my new kids, repent and be baptized because your sins have been washed away. All of us, all of us can get carried away with mystical experiences. But when you get saved, you don't have mystical experiences. You have a changed life. A changed life. And it'll change for the better. We're on our upward way, not the downward way. And we're making progress every day. And our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness.